Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. James has been killed. Peter has now been arrested. 
And the only assumption that the church has, and the only assumption that Peter has, is that what they did to James, they're going to do to me also. They beheaded James, that's what's going to happen to me. And so now fear, in the middle of a time of celebration, in the middle of a time of celebrating all these wonderful things that God has done, okay, now fear begins to set in, not just on Peter, because Peter was a key player, but now on the whole entire church. So Peter is arrested also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending that after the Passover to bring out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison. Okay, Now look at this, verse 5, either on the screens, on your iPad, your iPhone, your, your actual physical Bible. Okay? Now look at this, verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison. What is he awaiting? He's probably awaiting his death. But earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Amen, Pastor. This is a great passage. Thank you. I'm enjoying it, too. But earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Is that some of our questions? Okay. This is supposed to be a time of celebration. This is supposed to be a time of excitement. This is supposed to be a time of joy, uh, remembering all the things that the, uh, that the ancestors have gone through and how they've been brought out. This is supposed to be a joyful time. And in the middle of this joyful time, King Herod, man, he comes on and he's like, forget that. I'm going to kill some of these dudes. Why? Because it's making the Jewish people happy, which is politically winning the Jews over on his side. Okay? The church now is on, on rest because Peter, come on, one of the main key players of the church is arrested. He is now in prison, probably awaiting his death. But earnest prayer is being made by the church. Amen. But I don't know about you, but there's some good butts in the Bible. And this is one nice butt in the Bible. Come on, somebody. Peter's in prison, probably going to die. But the church is praying. How many guys want to see what happens next? Three of you. All right, come on. Here we go. But earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. This is the turning point. Verse 6. Now when Herod was about to bring him out, on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains and sentries before him, guards. The door regarding the prison, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him in the light shown in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and awoke him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Dress yourself. Because we don't want a naked Peter walking around. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap a cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord, and they went out and went along uh, one street, and immediately the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all the Jewish people were expecting. And when he realized this, in other words, he thought this was a dream, a vision, and he realizes now. He went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together. What were they doing? They were praying. But earnest prayer. And when he knocked at the door of the gate, 
way, a servant girl named Rhoda came and answered, recognizing Peter's voice and her joy. Woohoo! She did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. And they said to her, you have your mind, girl? That's what they said. Right there, at least in my Bible. You are out of your mind. Okay, so I added girl. Perfect. Pause. But she kept instructing that, or uh, insisting that it was so, and, and kept saying, uh, and they kept saying, it's an angel. Why did they think it was an angel? Because they thought Peter was dead. But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened this, they saw him, they were amazed. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. Uh, and he said, tell these things to James and to the brothers. Then he departed and went to another place. Why? Because he didn't want to get caught. Peter's in prison, but the church is praying. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. Uh, Lord, I pray in the next few moments that, God, you would speak to us so clearly. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would just silence every distraction, God, and we would just be able to lay hold of your word this morning and uh, be, uh, be able to understand it and apply it to our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Peter's in prison, but the church is praying. An earnest prayer is being made on behalf of the church. What is prayer? Let me give you this definition of prayer. This might be more of a theological definition. I'm going to give you a real simple one. Prayer, a devout petition to God or an object of worship. Spiritual communion or an object of worship, as in supplication, thanksgiving, adoration, or confession. Okay? Since none of us understand what I just read, let me give you a simple definition. Okay? Here's the simple definition of prayer. But the church was praying. Prayer is you communicating with God. Oh, that's much easier to remember, isn't it? Yeah. What was that adoration? How do you spell that? No. Prayer is you simply having a conversation with God. You just opening your mouth and talking with Him, and, and guess what? He'll open His mouth and He'll talk back to you. That's prayer. You having a conversation with God. But we complicate it sometimes because the theological definition is adoration, confession, supplication. I don't even know what that word is. Spiritual communion. There's got to be candles lit. I've got to be on my knees. Hands got to be folded. Head's got to be bowed. Eyes got to be closed. The prayer is just you simply having a conversation. You simply communicating with God. I love the way Jesus puts it, which we're going to talk about next week. Do not miss next week. Next week's going to be awesome. I love the way Jesus puts this in Luke 11. Chapter 11. The disciples have just observed Jesus having a prayer time with the Heavenly Father. How cool is that? God on earth having a conversation with God in heaven. And they just get done observing this and watching this. And, and as they're watching it, they're, they're, their interest is peaked. And they're like, oh, we want to know how to pray just like that. So when Jesus gets done, they walk over and they're like, hey, Jesus, can you teach us how to pray? Like, like other people have taught their disciples how to pray. Can you teach us? And the first words out of Jesus' mouth, and we're going to go there in depth next week. The first words out of his mouth is this. He says, when you pray, say, our Father. When you pray, say, our Father. First words. And then he begins to go in and give us a, a model of prayer. But listen to this because I believe this is going to be so key for next week's message. When you first begin to open your mouth, simply say, our Father. In other words, Jesus says this. 
When you have a conversation with God, it's like having a conversation with your daddy. He brings it down to simplistic terms for his disciples to understand. Hey, you want to know about prayer? Here's what it looks like. What's your conversation with your dad look like? Now let me just rewind for a minute. I know there's some of you sitting in here right now, and maybe your dad has been absent. You don't, you don't have a dad in your life, or maybe you had a strained relationship with a father. And so when you hear that, say, our father, you immediately think of your dad, and it's a strained relationship, or maybe it's a non-existent relationship. But here's what we do understand. All of us sitting here today, no matter how our relationship was with our father, you've observed what a good relationship with a father looks like. Maybe you've seen it through friends. Maybe you've seen it through people in church. You've observed it. And so you have a, a good picture of what it looks like. Jesus takes his framework and he says, man, I have a great relationship with my dad. My dad affirms me. In Matthew chapter 3, when Jesus was baptized, God affirmed him. His father affirmed him so much that the heavens opened. That's what it sounds like when heavens are open. And he came up out of the water. And his heavenly father spoke and affirmed him and said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That's an affirming that. So when Jesus uses this analogy, Jesus is coming from his framework, and he's saying, hey, when you talk to God, when you pray, it's like talking to your dad. I had a great dad. My conversations with my dad, now listen to me. He was my dad the minute I was born. Okay? And but can I tell you this, though? That my conversations with my dad when I was little weren't real eloquent. It's not like on month three I was like, yo, dad, I don't like the peas. Give me some carrots instead. Okay? No. What did I do? I took the peas and I threw them back at him. Come on, somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It wasn't like you're having this in-depth conversation. It was, but I was communicating with my dad, and my dad was communicating back with me when he put the peas back and said, "You're eating those, aren't you?" Right? But then, as I grew in my relationship, and obviously my understanding, and I matured more, now I can have a little bit of a deeper conversation. But can I tell you something? Not all my conversations with my dad were deep. Sometimes my conversations with my dad were like, "Dad, life sucks right now." That was your problem. Yeah, that was my conversation with my dad. I remember one day when my conversation was like, Dad, I met this hot girl. Uh -oh. I remember that conversation. That's my wife, by the way. <laughs> that was my conversation. And in that moment, he might have said, Oh, yeah, that's great. We've been praying for you. You know, whatever. But like there's a tiffany moment. She shall be the one you marry, son. No, that didn't come out of his mouth. It's probably more like, okay, well, let's just see where this goes. Jesus is saying this in Luke 11. Guys, just as you would talk to your father, go ahead and talk. Listen, God's heard it all. He's not afraid of any of it. Not afraid of any of it. You can say whatever, whenever, however, and it does not affect God whatsoever. Yeah. You can hear it. I've had some brutal conversations. 
was having brutal conversations with God this morning as, as we were having technical difficulties. Seriously, I still haven't repented for it yet. I'm preaching. How does that work? I don't know. God's not afraid. How many, how many, how many people in here you do not have children? Raise your hand, you do not have children. Raise your hand, you do not have children. Quite a few of you, right? Okay? I remember when my wife and I first got married, we would hang out with married couples that had children. And you'd go to their house and little ones, right? Like little, like, you know, like you saw this with little ones. And you'd be hanging out, and all of a sudden their child would be like, Wah! Wah! And you're sitting there trying to carry on a conversation with your friends, but the baby screaming in the background is driving you nuts. Any, any people without children know what I'm talking about. Okay, maybe you remember before children. You remember this moment. I have children, I remember this moment. And I'll be sitting there trying to have a conversation, and this would go on for 10, 15 minutes. And I'm looking at them like, dear God, what is wrong with your, 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 your child? True story. And I honestly, for 15, 20 minutes, I find out, look at him and say, hey, I don't know if you know this, but your child's crying. <laughs> Anybody ever been there before, or is it just me? Yeah. I don't know if you've been there, but your child, oh, I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're one of those parents that I will never be. And then I was just like them when I had children. Come on, somebody. Yeah. And they don't do anything. And then finally, quiet, your child quiets down, and you sit down to have a meal. And we're sitting there, and all of a sudden the child starts, Wah! but all of a sudden now the mom gets up real quick, she runs over the baby, I'm like, what in God's name is happening? <laughs> Has anybody ever been there? This was my life. And I'm like, well, and I had that, so I'm like, I'm sorry, like, you let them cry for 30 minutes before, why are you jumping up now? Oh, because before, uh, they were just being a spoiled brat, but this time they hurt themselves. <laughs> How do you know? All it sounded like was, Wah! How can you tell the difference? You tell the difference because you are their parents. And listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, when you begin to talk to God, God knows what is coming out of your mouth. God knows what is in your heart. He knows what you need, when you need it, how much of it you need. God knows because he can interpret your wine. I'm cute. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? See, some of us, we want our prayer to be just so eloquent. So, well, I don't pray because when I heard Pastor Ben pray, it just sounded so, it sounded so awesome. And I don't think I can pray like that. Well, I, was, I was reading this book on prayer and it told me I needed to pray this way. And I don't know how to pray that way. And so, no, when you pray, talk like you're talking to your father. And sometimes when you are new to the faith and you are just introducing yourself to this conversation, sometimes it sounds like a spoiled little brat crying. Other times it sounds like a little baby in pain. Are you with me this morning? When you pray, say, Our Father. We brought that in for illustration this morning. Why not? You got standing toes at Campus Church. Acts chapter 12. I love this passage. Here's a couple reasons why I love it. Because right in the middle of what looks like a devastating situation, in verse 5, the turning point happens. In verse 5, it says Peter is in prison, but, everybody say but, but earnest prayer for him was made. 
to God on behalf of the church. Church is praying. I love this because, ladies and gentlemen, the church back then knew what to do when it walked into a situation it did not know how to handle. The church immediately went to prayer. The church immediately went into a conversation it was through that conversation that the turning point began. Now, you might be sitting here today, you might think this is a great story, but I don't know anybody in prison. I myself am not in prison. I'm in church. How much longer are you going to keep me? <laughs> but we can apply this conversation to every area of our life. Now, you might not be locked up naturally. But how many of you guys would say today, and you don't need to raise your hand, but you can just think about how many of you guys feel locked up in some area of your life? Maybe it's your marriage that you wanted to grow and try to advance, but yet it is not. Maybe it's your singleness, and you want your singleness to be over, and you want to find that one, but yet you cannot. Maybe it's your finances, and it seems like you are just making it from week to week, day to day, month to month, and you can't seem to progress and get to the next place. Maybe it's someone you, you really want to see God move in their life. Maybe it's a miracle you need. Maybe it's a health thing. Well, I don't know what it is, but you feel locked up. You feel locked down like Peter was. The turning point in your situation, the turning point in your moment, the turning point in your life is going to be this conversation called prayer. See, the sad thing is, though, that, 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 that a lot of us, we, we, we resort, when we're going through some difficult situations, we resort to medication, counseling. Now, listen to me. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with all of these. I'm just saying why is it our first? There are some legitimate situations where you need to take your medication. There are some legitimate situations where you need to go and seek out some counseling. But why is it the first thing we do is try to medicate, try to counsel, or try to hide, or try to drown something? 
try to avoid? Why is it that we'll pay somebody 150 bucks an hour to have a conversation with them when maybe we could first just sit down on our couch and have a conversation with him? The church is praying. The church knew exactly where to go. I mean, they, they could have been getting like weapons together. Like, we're going to go bust in that place. We're going to get Peter out. They cannot do this business to make justice. You know how many social injustices there are out there that millions of dollars are being spent on? That if they would just rewind and say, you know, let's just pray for those people. That is a good message. Pray. What situations do you have operating in your life right now that you know you need to pray for? That you know you need to pray about? And here's the crazy thing is that, that we will literally set money aside, time aside, and we'll go to week after week after week after week after week after week after week of counseling. I, I've talked to some people that they go to counseling for, for like 18 months. And listen to me once again, I was a psychology major. I'm not knocking counseling. There's a place for it. But my first question I asked them is, when's the last time you had a conversation with God? Well, I tried that. How many times? Once. But you will go every week for 18 months to the same guy? But you give God one chance? This is so good. Yeah. Yeah. I might be preaching with myself, actually. You pray one time. Earnest prayer, to me, does not mean, God, would you just help out? This sucks. Could you do something with Peter? Have you guys prayed about Galilee? He thought it was a 
check this out. The Bible says that when he came to the place where earnest prayer was being made, remember that part of the story? We're going to wrap it up right here. Remember that part of the story where earnest prayer being made? He gets to the place where earnest prayer is being made. Don't worry about it, it's just more technical issues. <laughs> and he knocks on the door. And the servant girl is like, Peter! And runs back to these guys that are, that are praying earnestly. And they say this. They say, nope. That's not Peter. He's dead, that's his angel. Check, check. Overrated. They don't even believe that's him. They literally tell the servant girl, you are out of your mind. Which tells me this. That prayer time that they were having wasn't, oh God, we believe that tonight you're going to set Peter free and that he's going to walk out and he's going to be here. God, we are so confident of that. God, we believe. You know what the prayer time looked like? Oh, God! We all got to die! James is gone! Peter's now been taken! We're going to be met! God, don't you care? This is what God heard. God, could you please set Peter free? I'm releasing from prison. So now we're all screwed. Why? Because your good daddy in heaven can interpret everything that's coming out of your mouth. No matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation, you might sound like that on one hand, but God is up above in heaven saying, I got your back. I know what you need. All I wanted you to do was begin to pray. All I wanted you to do is begin to have a conversation. All I wanted you to do is begin to talk with me. I've got this thing handled. And on the other hand, God is working out your circumstance and your situation. I don't know what it is you're going through this morning, but I need you to hear me this morning. I need you to hear me say this. If you would begin to take yourself to prayer, if you begin to take yourself to the greatest conversation you would ever have, God will begin to move on the other side. It is the turning point in your life. It is the turning point in your situation and you would just begin to have that conversation with him. I'm telling you right now, he's a good heavenly father. He's going to answer for your marriage. He's going to answer for your health. He's going to answer for your finances. He will create a way where there seems to be no way. Why? Because he's God and he can do that. Lord, we thank you so much for your word today. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.